Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hi everyone, I'm Mitch Goldich, and if you recognize my voice, it's probably from the MMQB Gambling Podcast, which ran on Fridays during the season. I'm back today in the off-season with the full MMQB crew. Clockwise, in a series of Zoom windows on my laptop, we've got Gary Gramling, Jenny Varentis, Connor Orr, and Albert Breer. Hey everybody. Hello. Hello. Hi Mitch. All right, as you guys know, we weren't going to do a podcast today, but once Blaine Gabbert signed with the Bucks, we said, that's it, emergency podcast time, better get everyone on the phone. No, this is something new, which we've decided to call MMQB Week in Review. We thought it'd be fun to go around and talk about some of the stories we've written for the site this week, and just a nice little forum to discuss our work and check in with each other. But before we get to football, and we will get to football, I promise, I also just thought it'd be fun to sort of go around the horn. These are such crazy times for everybody. And I know we've all been, uh, you know, self-quarantining and staying indoors. And people are looking for ways to stay busy and find things to do. So I thought it'd be nice at first to go around and just talk about maybe some TV or movies. Let's kind of see what everyone's watched this week. If, uh, if anyone wants to just go around, maybe, uh, Albert, we can start with you. Something, you. something you watched this week and what you thought of it. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cliche on my end. I, I watched Tiger King, um, which I think kind of like gave me a real idea of the people that maybe aren't paying attention to the quarantine thing right now. So 
I yeah, I, I watched that and I started. We started the documentary last night on uh, on the NCAA basketball thing. Uh, what's it called? The I can't even remember the name of it. It was I, Wetzel and Thamel and all those guys did a bunch of the reporting on it. So. Uh, and I've fallen asleep on the couch a bunch because, as anybody, and I know a bunch of you guys have kids, know, um, you know, now we've got them 24-7, which has a way of wearing you out and sending you to sleep on the couch at about 9 p.m. I haven't seen Tiger King yet. I'm, I, I'm sure I really? will eventually. But does it, yeah, does it live up? Has everyone seen it? Am I the only one who hasn't? I didn't see it. I only watched the first episode. I didn't okay. see it. I haven't seen the, the Tiger show. All right, maybe by next week we'll all have seen it. Okay, uh, Gary, give us something you did see. Oh, I, so I, I'm I'm running behind because uh, because we had a baby last winter, so I'm I'm catching up on like the fall stuff. But uh, what I finished watching this week, which I was super excited about and really excited to get back to, was uh, uh, Undone, which is a series on uh, Amazon Prime. It's uh, uh, I, I I I should say, uh, and I've mentioned this before on on the podcast. I watch Adult Swim like nonstop. Uh, and I like the weirdest stuff. I like Tim and Eric and and their stuff. So this is uh, this is done with rotoscoping uh, animation, which is basically they draw over the the people, the actors, and and they do oil paintings in the background on the show, and it's it's very nice looking. Uh, and it's a it's just a really neat show. It it uh, uh, it. it it has a plot, but uh, it has it's sort of science fictiony. It has to do with sort of bending space time continuum and and the the nature of reality and thing like that. Uh, it's Rosa Salazar. It's also got Bob Odenkirk, who's like my favorite person in the world. But uh, uh, it was awesome, and it's the, uh, uh, the the people who wrote it are the people who wrote uh, BoJack Horseman for the most part, Raphael, Bob Waxberg, and Kate Purdy. And it's uh, it's just a really neat show. And everyone, uh, it's it's eight episodes. It's twenty two minutes, and I, I would recommend uh, well eight episodes, twenty two minutes per episode. So you can do the math on that. And uh, it, it's uh, I, I recommend everyone dive into it. All right, I'm a huge BoJack fan, so that may have to move to the top of my recommendations list. Uh, Jenny, how about you? Well, I felt a little targeted by this question at first, Mitch, because as many people know, perhaps some of our listeners, I am woefully behind and out of date on most movies and pop culture things. But I did watch a show that I finished. I watched the Hulu Hillary documentary, which was really interesting. I learned a lot. I, I thought it was a fantastic look, and it also made me a little bit sad, given how qualified she would have been to lead our country at this point in time. But one of the scenes that stuck stuck out was that when she was in high school, she ran for student council president, and she didn't win. And they were her. She and her classmates said that there was no way their class was ever going to elect a girl instead of a boy. But once the boy was elected, he had Hillary do all the work, and she did it because she enjoyed it. But it was just kind of a precursor for what was to come in her life. So you went for a nice escape from uh, our, our climate and real world. That's that right. was that was your distraction. That's right. From That's the right. daily news. I did right. buy a there puzzle for this upcoming week, so we'll see. <laughs> okay, we'll get an update on the puzzle <laughs> next week. And Cotter, uh, how about you? Uh, I've pretty much been toggling between the DIY network and the Great American network, uh, which means like. Great American Network has barbecue pitmasters. I I watch a lot of barbecue pitmasters. And the DIY Network has log cabin living, which um, after (laughs) um, Lakefront Bargain Hunt is more of a summer show. And so in the winter and the colder months, they transition to log cabin living, which uh, 
I really enjoy because I can. It's the perfect show to put on in the background when you're reading something. And at, at night now, like um, I would say, like as soon as um, we put our daughter to bed, I, I've started reading because it helps me like uh, sleep a little bit better. So it's a good like show to have on the background of. Um, of trying to read a book and then so everyone can stay entertained but also you know i can also read the words on the page too well, and also log cabin living that's the dream for you right connor this is just your future life yeah i mean obviously it's uh yeah it's totally what i where what i aspire to be uh, i'd say that like i've sort of uh, uh broken down as a person a little bit like i uh our neighbor uh, had a bunch of trees cut down and so I just um, and they were cut into these big logs and I was just like you know what Uh, throughout the coronavirus I'm just I'm gonna chop them all up for you and so I've just been like chopping wood and like (laughs) setting fires in my backyard in a fire pit not like just anywhere Um, and like uh, like just doing really strange like things that I imagine like uh, settlers would do. I don't know why, but it it just uh, it helps pass the time. So, dressing the part. A, we need exercise. So <laughs> if, if you're out there chopping logs, that's more than I'm doing most days. I haven't cut myself. I'm like uh, I haven't. Uh, what it, what was the Jaguars punter that uh, swung the axe into his shin? Yeah. Oh, uh, oh I yeah. That. Was that Josh that was Scobie? Like, that was the keep chopping thing, right? With uh, that's right. With Del Rio. Chris yeah. Hansen. Oh. Chris right. Hansen. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I haven't done that yet, which is good. All right. Well, as for myself, I will say I, I watched a movie that I had never seen. I think my wife and I do a good job sort of rotating, like watching something that I've seen and she hasn't, and then something she's seen and I haven't. So I watched one of her favorites, Bring It On, the classic <laughs> high school cheerleading movie. Wow. Which I had just, I had never seen it until this week. Finally caught it. Pretty good movie. I guess if I, I I have two gripes now, this is going to be the rest of the podcast. At the beginning of the movie, it was not quite believable how good they were. They tell us coming in that this team has won five national championships, and obviously they're very good by the end of the movie. But I didn't quite buy it at the start. My other big criticism, you know, there there are two rival teams, and they have a couple of face to face confrontations. I don't want to spoil things, but. There are two uh, sort of big moments in dialogue when one captain says to the other, bring it. And it really bothered me that they, the dialogue line was bring it, but the movie was called bring it on. And it felt like they should have said bring it on or they should have named the movie bring it. This is very little to do with the movie as a whole, which was fine, but that was, I'm, I'm nitpicking. But, uh, but anyway, so I watched Bring It On. If I were your wife, uh, I'd be so furious that, like, if you... Did you say that during the watching of the movie? I may have mentioned it a half a dozen times. <laughs> yes. Why do you ask? <laughs> I'd be like, come on, man. Don't, don't ruin my favorite movie. I like it. I, I like to think that they titled the movie when they were done, so it was all very organic. Hmm. Connor, you know, I'm great to watch movies with, as you learned last summer during 100%. bad football movies. So, I, I, yeah, let's, let's not... Uh, I miss it every it day. Like a, <laughs> All right, should we get to football here? Should we, uh, as promised, talk about some of our stories this week? I guess, uh, Connor, I think I came to you last there. Should I go to you first? This time you wrote a fun one about some NFL super fans who, it, you know, we don't know. The future is very uncertain whether we'll have football and whether we'll have fans there. So I thought this was a fun idea for a story. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Sure. Um, so Jenny and I talked a little bit about this on the Weekside podcast that the NFL is sort of you know, 
barreling ahead with this idea that they're going to have a full 16-game season, that everything's going to start on time. And I think what they're missing is this thing where, you know, a lot of their fans are feverish and rabid. And, you know, in every city, there's these people whose entire life and identity revolves around being at these games and being recognized and being on the Jumbotron. And what happens if, you know, the thing that is supposed to signal an end of coronavirus for them is taken away or that they need to be kicked out in order for it to continue? And I think that, Um, A lot of people aren't thinking about the people who are listening to the NFL and believing the NFL and thinking that everything's going to be fine when in reality, you know, the NFL is kind of dangling this carrot for everyone. And then what happens when they say, oh, yeah, by the way, you can't go to any of these games. You can't see your friends at the tailgate. You can't, you know, whatever, take pictures with fans in the parking lot uh, if you're Falcon Bird Lady, you know. Um, But uh, I I just think it's an interesting deal where – I don't know. I don't think there's any way that this season goes off normally on time. Uh, who's going to want to shove themselves into a stadium with 60,000 people within like spittle distance, uh, you know, in September? I mean, that's like a couple months from now. That's uh, I, I don't think we're going to have all this cleaned up by then. I, at least I wouldn't imagine. Yeah. Was there one thing I know you talked to them about their feelings uh, about the season and what it would be like. But was there one thing maybe you learned about one of, maybe name all three of the super fans you talked to? And then is there one thing that you just found amazing that you never knew that you learned from those conversations? Definitely. Uh, so we talked to Bird Lady, who uh, is the Falcons uh, super fan, and she lives in the nest. And uh, actually, uh, her her life has been seriously impacted by COVID-19. Um, she lost two cousins to COVID-19. Her sister, her sister's father, and six other cousins are currently uh, tested positive for COVID-19. So um, uh, our thoughts are definitely with Bird Lady and her family. But uh, so we talked to Bird Lady. We talked to Pumpkinhead in Cleveland, who is the man that wears a pumpkin on his head. Uh, and uh, we talked to license plate guy in New York who, uh, if you've seen games, he's the one with a giant string of license plates around his neck that sits behind the uh, the home bench. And I thought it was interesting that, um, you know, how deep some of this runs, like license plate guy has been to every single game since 2000, so this would have been his 20th year of going to every single game, um, and he has never seen a Giants home game on television in his life, and he's... I think in his late 40s or early 50s, um, which is pretty crazy if you think about it. I mean, that that's a long way to go to have to have been to every single Giants game, home game at least since you've become a sentient human being. That's a that, that that's pretty serious devotion. Yeah. So you're talking about uh, you know the likelihood that either the season you know the season basically won't kick off as expected and that there can definitely be some kind of a disruption and we're still waiting to see what that looks like and i think that ties into something jenny wrote on tuesday because the league had a conference call uh they had a couple of conference calls to make some decisions about the future of the league and then jenny i know you wrote on tuesday after they talked to the media about some of the things that were decided and uh, you wrote about how optimistic they are. I know this is a topic that Albert wrote about this week, too. But, Jenny, do you want to uh, talk us through your piece and, uh, and what you wrote about? Yeah, the league had a media call after two days of conference calls with the team presidents and the owners. And it was pretty clear they wanted to get the message out that they're planning on a full 
2020 season that starts on time, that includes 16 games and the playoffs. They are not planning for any other options. Uh, There have been no conversations. Jeff Pash, who's the league's general counsel, went so far to say they they really wanted to get that message out there was the takeaway. There was a moment in the call when Troy Vincent, who's the EVP of football operations, referenced contingency plans and maybe communicating with clubs about those. And a PR representative jumped in and immediately flipped the conversation back to Pash, who said, that did, we didn't talk about any contingency plans, essentially, on our two calls today. We're fully focused on this one scenario. And I I understand that perhaps it's easier to schedule things as if they were going ahead, and then if you have to make changes, do that later. But I think what stood out was kind of the defiance and the tone, that it was silly that they would even consider the alternative. And they went so far as to say, you know, we'll have international games and – We'll be playing in all of our regular stadiums, even though two are currently under construction. And there have been people at work sites uh, in the Los Angeles work site who have tested positive for coronavirus. So I think there's just so many factors at play here and it's difficult to project out. And uh, I think the message was intended for sponsors, advertisers, for the business world to say, hey, the NFL is forging ahead. Uh, from, I think, a lot of Americans' perspectives, kind of like, how can you know that at this point? How can we really, really know at what anything will look like a couple days, weeks, months from now? Yeah, and Albert, I know you wrote mm-hmm. similarly about this and, and their tone. Do you want to hop in? It yeah. sounds like I, I think you felt similarly to Jenny. No, I did. And I, and I don't think the, the problem isn't, to me, like, and I think Jenny just sort of encapsulated this, the problem isn't that you're saying you're planning for the season to begin. Of course you're planning for the season to begin because it might begin on time. It's not impossible that that happens. The problem is that you're not, you're saying, and A, I think it's a lie. Like I think they do have contingency plans, but you're trying to, you're trying to project strength, right? Like, so they're trying to project the strength to the, to, to their sponsors, to their advertisers, to their partners and saying, well, like, look, football's going to be back and you should continue to invest your money with us at a time when everybody's going to be pulling back your spending because we're going to be here for for you. And when we come back, the public's going to be locked in on us. And I understand sending that message. You know, the, the, the problem is you're sending that message as sort of a zero sum thing where it's not just we're planning on the season beginning. It's we're not planning on anything else happening. And I just think it's a dangerous message. You know, it's just to me, it's there are people that are that are listening to them and saying and, and, and people who want to believe. And I don't blame anybody for wanting to be optimistic, but who, people who want to believe like this is going to be OK. Uh, you know, we can't you know, we, we can't treat this as if it's going to be over in July or August or September, because if we act that way, it won't be over then, you know? So you're sending this message that there's this end date on what's going on in this country. And I don't want to turn this into a coronavirus podcast, but you're sending this message that there's this end date on, on, on coronavirus and that we're going to be out of the woods no matter what in three or four months. Well, if we, if the public's getting that message, I think that's a really bad thing because if we're treating it like that, we're not going to be out of the woods in September or October. And so to me, that was the problem with it. It wasn't saying we're planning for a season. Of course, they're planning for a season. They have to plan for a season. It was more so we're planning for a season and nothing else. And we like, we 100% believe this is going to happen. And I think, Jenny, jump in here. But I, I think they even said 
we're planning on this with fans in the stands. I think Jeff Pash actually specifically said that, which just adds another layer to it. Yeah, he specifically said with fans in the stands in our regular stadiums. So there wouldn't even be an option for playing without fans or playing in a different location, which I don't know that those make a lot of sense anyway. I think the number of people that have to be in a stadium to make an NFL game go is large enough that you have to make sure that there's safety in any kind of gathering. But yes, it was all of the criteria as we, as it always is. And the international games was striking to me too, you know, making plans to go to other countries when we're trying to still just get a handle on containment in the United States, you know? So it's just a lot of factors at play that they can't really have a full grasp on at this point. Um, but yeah. while MLB literally just yesterday announced their international games are canceled this season, they're going to stay in the U S obviously that's sooner uh, than the NFL season, which is farther down the line, but Still, I think every sports league is kind of watching every other league and seeing the steps that they're taking. And it's like, okay, we, we canceled something in May. Okay, they canceled something in June. Well, now, you know, the British Open in July. And it's sort of like the calendar. You just keep going and, and they're all, I don't know if it's playing a game of chicken, but they're just waiting and watching things get pushed and pushed a little bit farther out. And plus, we just don't know even mentally if they are allowed to have fans and stands, if anyone would actually, how many people would feel comfortable buying a ticket and going and sitting there and even you know so many people are losing their jobs and we don't know if people are going to have money or if they're going to want to spend their money on tickets an expensive day to go to a football game so you know it, it like you said albert we don't we don't have to make the whole podcast about coronavirus but it's just it's hard to talk about yeah. anything else yeah. and it's just there are so many unknowns that it's impossible to know what things are going to be i like think in the one thing that's the one thing that i sort of wished i touched on that i didn't um that i thought about afterwards was you know, at the end of the CBA negotiation, and again, Jenny was there on the ground in Indianapolis with me. Um, one of the big reasons why the league was so, you know, just sort of forceful and like we have to do it now was because they wanted to move to the broadcast deals. And that was really kind of the golden goose for the NFL owners. There were actually owners that privately said the CBA is small potatoes, you know, when compared to the broadcast deals that we're going to be negotiating after this. And so I do wonder if maybe part of this from on Pash's part and, you know, and part of being so forceful on that conference call was maybe this I, I maybe this uneasiness that they feel right now over what could happen to the broadcast deals and how the networks might be able might be like kind of hamstrung on how they bid now on some of the TV deals, because that's where the real money is. Right. And so I was sort of wondering about that, if the economy takes a huge hit from what's going, you know, t- takes the, the hit that a lot of people are projecting here. Uh, what does that mean for the network's ability to bid on the broadcast deal? So there could be a ton of money at stake here for owners, which I think would bring even more context to why they were so forceful with their message. I also think who delivered the message was notable. Jeff Pash does talk, but he's not often the most, you know, person who's out in front the most. But I think it was intentional that they had their general counsel be the lead voice on a conference call at this point in time. Yeah, no question. No question. I mean, it's putting a lawyer in charge of something that has has to be very, very buttoned up. <laughs> you know, that's the easiest exactly. way to put it. All right. Well, Albert, while we're on you, I know everyone's also trying to figure out what impact this is going to have on teams and players and prospects and all kinds of things. And I thought you had a, a really interesting story in your game plan this week, talking to Dan Quinn, the Falcons head coach, 
just about what their preparation has been like and the conversations they have with prospects over FaceTime and things he's doing when they talk to their staff. Can you tell us a little bit about your game plan column and and the Falcons prep? Yeah, you know, I think it's a lot like, I think, you know, what he's doing is probably what a lot of teams are doing, which is, you know, similar to what happened in 2011, where teams are looking at the circumstances and saying, okay, how can we create an advantage for ourselves here? Because when the season starts, if it starts, um, you know, everybody's going to have attack this a little bit differently. And so it was interesting hearing him talk about how, you know, some of the things that he might get in a private workout or a 30 visit, he's trying to replace in the FaceTime calls. And the one thing that he brought up was him and Thomas Dimitrov, the general manager down there in Atlanta, what they look for is like energy, enthusiasm and passion for football in the workouts. And so he said to me, he's like, on Tuesday night, we went three for three, you know, and, and we had three interviews and we saw it in all three of those guys. And that's great. And so there was that part of it that I thought was really interesting. I, I thought the other part that was was interesting, too, was how he's leaning on other people to try to help him through this. And I think you probably, if you dug enough, I think you'd see a lot of this in the sports community in general, where he talked to the Clippers guys, Lawrence Frank and Doc Rivers, about how they handled it, because they're obviously in a very different situation where they were in season when this happened. And, you know, he went and talk to the Duke lacrosse team because they called him in to help some of the guys on that team handle what was going on because he was at Hofstra when John, Danof- John Danofsky, the, um, the, the lacrosse coach at Duke, they were Hofstra together. And then he even brought in, you know, I guess his college roommate was a, was a, is a college professor, and he actually brought him in to talk about teaching online classes because he thought there was some application for what you know, a college professor would try to get across in an online class to what he and his coaches are going to have to do over the next three or four months with their players, where they may be going through teaching sessions, virtual workouts through, you know, Zoom or Microsoft Team or whatever it is. And so I thought it was interesting how he's just, you know, they're looking to pull every lever they possibly can. And, and I'd be interested to see just globally how much this is happening in the sports community in general, where you have maybe a baseball manager calling a basketball coach or a basketball coach calling a football coach or a football coach calling a hockey, whatever it is. I just thought it was interesting how like everybody's sort of in this unprecedented situation and they're all kind of trying to pull on each other to find answers. I'll tell you the number one thing I was thinking about reading your column, Albert, Dan Quinn was on the hot seat. Everyone thought he was going to get fired when the Mm -hmm. Falcons got off to a bad start saved his job with their great turnaround in the second half of the season. And I have to imagine if you're the Falcons owner or GM or whoever, you've got to be so happy to still have him in there. We're talking about how teams with continuity, head coaches and quarterbacks and other important positions have such a leg up. And just him having been there for years and having that institutional knowledge instead of having a rookie, maybe a first-time head coach starting totally over and being thrown into these circumstances – as a a fan of the Falcons or if I was running the Falcons, I would just feel so much better knowing I've got Dan Quinn there. And that was just, that's the first thing that stood out to me. Well, I mean, think about this, Mitch too. Like if you're Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland or Joe judge in New York or Matt rule in Carolina or Mike McCarthy in Dallas or Ron Rivera in Washington, I mean, your first real exposure to the team in general was going to be in two weeks. So, you know, your first exposure to a lot of the guys who are going to be playing for you, is going to be over the same sort of 
you know, the same sort of technology that we're using right now through a Zoom meeting, through a Microsoft team, you know, app, whatever it is, like they're going to be using this sort of technology to get to know each other. And I thought one thing that was interesting about what Quinn said, I brought up something that Jordan Palmer said to me on his on my podcast earlier in the week. And he said that in the 11 lockout, he had used this because he was the only quarterback in the Bengals roster at the time. His brother had actually just retired and demanded a trade. And Andy Dalton wasn't on the team yet. And so he used it to get to know guys on defense on the team and to try to build himself up as a leader. He's passed that on to Josh Allen and Sam Darnold, who he's working with in California. And now Darnold and Allen are doing that for themselves in Buffalo, New York. Well, you know, I, I mentioned that to Quinn, and he's like, yeah. He's like, the interesting thing about it is we're building stronger relationships now because you have to work harder to get to people. So that's the flip side of it. You don't get the face-to-face interaction, but when you're reaching out to guys, it's like it takes effort to do that. And so, like, the feeling on his end was we're building stronger bonds because we have to go the extra mile to get in touch with people. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. 
Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. All right, Gary, on to you. Position you is all over our website right now. And I know you didn't uh, write these, but I know you had a hand in helping these get together. Can you tell us a little bit about Position You, uh, which is a series that uh, you've helped edit and, and help us roll out on the site this week? Yeah, we finally get some hard news here, which uh, which, uh, which I'm happy about. Uh, so yeah, Position You, we, we basically, so Reed Foster, who is a former researcher of the show that Andy Benoit and I do, uh, we got together and sort of in our spreadsheet geekdom uh, took the last 10 drafts, so the last decade of drafts, and decided... Uh, based on drafts, because frankly, when it comes to college programs, what what should you be measured by? It's it's how you prepare for your players for their professional careers. So based on where guys were drafted, how many guys they put in the league, we did include undrafted players. Uh, what those players did as far as uh, accomplishments, uh, games started, all pro berths uh, or all pro honors. Uh, uh, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, stuff like that. And we came up with a sort of scoring system to measure at each of the, we did eight positions, quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, defensive back. And we came up with who has the right, what programs have the right to brand themselves, the modern uh, position you for each of those positions. And um, it was also kind of sparked a little bit, you know, Penn State people are always always talking about Penn State as linebacker you. And, and as you well know Jenny Vrentis is a Penn State alum and <laughs> really this is really to get the shout out this this was this was really a chance to cut Jenny down to size a little bit because it's been a long time since Penn State put linebackers in the NFL but uh we ran through it and and the thing that most uh it kind of surprised me was there weren't a lot of close races um we thought we were going to have a lot of like coin flip stuff and as we were kind of settling on scoring systems we were like all right let's make sure if we if we use this variation that we're still getting a similar result and stuff like that and for every position position except for offensive line uh it was basically static all the way through offensive line depending on how we tweak the scoring it was either notre dame or wisconsin we ended up awarding it to notre dame but uh yeah other than that it was i mean had a lot of alabama they won three of the eight but other than that it was you know a lot of a uh, uh, lot of diversity among schools but no sort of coin flips and i should mention just one more time i just randomly i don't know why this uh popped in my head but ohio state didn't win any of these I really hurt. I uh, I don't. Your scoring system must be a mess. I mean, you, like, you, it's just a total disaster of a scoring system. You got to look at that again. You know what the beauty of this is? Uh, I'm a Syracuse grad. I, I'm not really into Syracuse football. I grew up right near UConn. I'm more, uh, you know, 
if you can be a UConn football guy. I'm a UConn football guy, but no one's a UConn football guy, so no one can offend me on this. And UConn, <laughs> by the way, that is Gunner U uh, between like Marcus Easley and Jeremy Davis. A lot of good Gunners coming out of the Huskies program. Very specific. Yeah, wow. <laughs> very speci- a, a specific. More, more than Lehigh can say, so we'll, you should let him have it. Lehigh's mascot you. Yes, absolutely. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah, we're very proud of our Lehigh mascot alumni throughout the sports world. All right. Um, so I think that's uh, that's it. I hit everybody once. So everyone can make sure they go to the MMQB.com and check out all of our stories. There's more there than we've even talked about. But before we go, uh, this was actually Jenny's idea. So I'm going to let her go first. We thought it'd be nice. You know, it's been a tough time for a lot of people. I know everyone's been personally affected and just watching the news. It's been a lot. So, Jenny, you thought it would be nice to just sort of go around the horn and have everyone basically say one good thing that happened to them this week? Was that the idea? Or just one good thing in general in the world or or specific to us? I guess people can take it however they want. Yeah, take Um, it however they want. Maybe bring some cheer. My good thing is that on Tuesday morning, my neighbor slid a note under my door asking if I needed anything. And she gave me her cell phone number. Because you know, in New York, you don't often interact that much with your neighbors. But I texted her and said I was okay. And she said she was making some chicken soup. So later, in the day she put a container of homemade chicken soup which was delicious outside of my door it was chicken and rice soup and um yeah best chicken soup i've had and it was a really nice gesture so awesome i love that connor uh, i haven't heard from you in a little bit do you want to go next um yeah sure i would say that um the best thing during this time has just been you know you think about FaceTime and, you know, how horrified we were initially when all of our relatives wanted to talk to the baby when they were born and you worried about sticking a cell phone that close to their face. But now, like, how um, lucky we are to at least have something where we can, you know, share moments and stuff like that. And we talk to my parents, my wife's parents, uh, grandmothers, grandfathers every day, you know, and uh, just the ability to still be able to do that. Um, you know, I think it's put an emphasis on, you know, how much everybody really likes each other, you know, and how lucky we all are to have each other. So I think it's, uh, it's a good thing to, uh, you know, do the little like emotional reset, you know, everything gets crazy, but at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you know, I, uh, I do like you people. So. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Albert, how about you? Yeah, I'd echo what uh, Connor said. I mean, the cool thing is I, for, for me is that I, I've gotten to spend more time with my kids than I normally would. And so, uh, I'm trying to take them out for a walk every day uh, just to get them outside and um, get them fresh air and everything else. And so I think you get to do a lot of cool stuff. And like Connor said, it's just, you know, I, I'm i probably not great about staying in touch with people. And sometimes, you know, I'll go, a few, I'll go a little while without talking to my parents. And I've been talking to them pretty consistently. And my dad's birthday is tomorrow. So we're going to do a, a Zoom dinner. Uh, me and my brother are going to do a Zoom dinner with my dad and my mom tomorrow so everybody's being creative but i think you know it goes back to what i was saying earlier when you got to make the extra effort to do it i think it means a little bit more and i actually you know the one thing that was sort of cool for me is you know getting to communicate with my uncle um over in austria and the rules there are you know a lot stricter than they are here right now obviously austria is right next to italy and right next to germany and so um, they've been in it for a little longer than us and they can't um they can't leave their house for houses right now without a reason 
Um, they've got to wear their they got to wear masks when they leave their houses, and so it's a it's a different situation over there. But it's helped you know me as far as you know how I'm approaching this. Um, you know, getting to hear some of those stories. So I'm with Connor. I think just being able to kind of you know take the time to be around family, whether it's my uncle in Vienna or my kids down the hall, um, has been really really great. All right, Gary, how about you? Uh, if I can, I just want to tell a quick uh, story of my journalistic failings. Uh, I, I, you know, early on in the quarantine, I, I, I have like a list of stories I want to chip away at. And one thing I've been curious about, uh, there's a story a couple years ago, a lot of airlines dropped their deals with NFL teams. And, and you know, obviously they, they still have to fly places. So I was kind of like, oh, how do, how do they solve this thing? So I'd been looking around. I was like, yo, who's flying teams around now? And I found this little airline who uh, said they, they flew a handful of teams. So I, you know, I emailed the guy. I was like, hey, you know, just curious about this. You ever want to talk? Here's my number um, or shoot me an email or whatever. Uh, like 10 days went by and he finally got back to me. And he's like, hey, Gary, thanks for reaching out. Actually, this is a uh, this is a virtual airline. Which means it's it's not a it's not a real airline. It's a, it's a game that he, he's like a lot of a, a lot of pilots like me play this. You you sort of manage your own airport and your fleet of of aircraft and your pilots and <laughs> and uh, you know you kind of uh, uh, you know it, it, it's it's it is essentially the person I reach out to and and he was super nice and didn't make me feel really really dumb about it. But uh, it was kind of the equivalent of being like. Like, oh, who is that general manager who traded Randy Moss to the Patriots? Uh, and then, like, Googling it and then, like, finding someone who f- traded him in a fantasy league and, like, asking him, like, why did you trade Randy Moss? And, <laughs> and them having to be like, no, it's, it's, it's fantasy football. But, um, yeah, I kind of uh, uh, laughed uh, at myself a little bit there and, and then, you know, shook it off and moved on with, with my journalism career. There you go. So that was your best thing of the week was a reality check. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mitch, can I say that I think one of the best things of the week for you has been this facial hair is phenomenal. Like it, my beard growth. It, oh, thank you it, very much. It really. You know, I, I, I couldn't. Compliment. It frames. It frames <laughs> your face well. Yeah. Coming from Connor. Uh, yeah. You know, I couldn't say that about myself, but I, certainly I appreciate hearing that. Uh, from you, if you want to call my beard the highlight of your week, I guess you hadn't seen it until just now. <laughs> I this has been a big thing. I'm enjoying all the stories people are writing about Zoom etiquette and the like. You know, do this, don't do that. The ten types of Zoom people you might be, and everything. And uh, a lot of the SI meetings we've had have been screens off. And I know some some of my friends are posting pictures where their whole office is screens on. And I, a lot of people at SI have just been screens off the whole time. And uh, this might be the first time that I actually went screen on with coworkers uh, while we were doing this uh, this podcast. So not many people have seen this beard, but yeah, I'm proud of it. We'll see uh, how long it goes for. So you're the type of um, you're the type of Zoom person who has the like dog meme in the background. <laughs> yeah, I have I have the virtual background of the uh, this is fine going on right now. Um, I will say my, my good thing, and this is maybe a little cliche and, and probably similar to Connor and Albert, but, um, yeah, with the FaceTiming and Zoom and Google Hangout and everything, it's been nice talking to family and, and connecting with people that I talk to a lot, but I've also found myself talking to people I don't talk to as often, which has been really nice. Um, like just yesterday I was on a Zoom Hangout with a bunch of my college friends 
and somebody just started a mass text in the morning with 14 of us. And it was five or six guys who I talked to frequently and we text a lot and FaceTime and whatever. Um, but then it was just opened up to this much bigger group and there were 14 of us and some friends who I hadn't talked to in a while. And it was just really nice to check in and see everybody and, uh, and, and catch up, not just with my best friends who I'm more in touch with, but a, a wider group. And we were talking and one guy has a birthday next Thursday. So we said, okay, let's do this again next Thursday on his birthday. And it's just been nice, not just family and parents and relatives, but uh, I found myself catching up, even just text messages, checking in with people who I don't talk to as often. It's been nice to, uh, you know, since we have sort of this extra time uh, cooped up at home to just kind of check in and, and be in touch with more people. So I've enjoyed that. All right. I think that is going to do it for this week's podcast, unless anyone has anything else they'd like to share. That was great, so- Mitch. Thanks for like leading. No. Yeah, yeah, you did. Mitch, you awesome. did uh, incredible. Great point, Gary. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a it's a team effort here. All right. Thanks, everybody, for hopping on. This was fun. I feel like we will hopefully do this again next week. This has been, what did we call it? The MMQB Week in Review. That's what we called it until we come up with something else. I think that name might stick, though. I kind of like, like it. it. It's snap. We've got the Week Side Pod and the Week in Review, oh, yeah. two different kinds of week. Yeah. Uh, just, I don't know if that's Just a, stay in your it's lane. It's kind of a thing that happened. Oh, <laughs> just, sorry. Wow. I'm, I'm not, the number one rule of the Week Side Pod is I'm not allowed to talk about the Week Side Pod. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody who listened. Hopefully you enjoyed this. And again, make sure you uh, follow the MMQB on Twitter and check out the MMQB.com. You can follow all of us. You can make sure you get all of our stories every week. And we'll talk to you again soon. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo. Play. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 